0: And so today, I want to bring you the message of the uh, little boy that brought the fishes and loaves to Jesus, and that's found in John chapter 6. It's a very familiar verse of Scripture. John chapter 6, we're going to read verse 1 through 13. It's been a blessed week. Really has been a blessed week. Uh, You know what? We've seen people praying accepting christ we have a prayer list i hope you'll look at and pray over our dear friend johnny holt uh, on that prayer list uh, the doctors have not given him very long to live but we know that god is bigger than any doctor and sometimes the doctors are wrong and you know what i think that doctors like it when they're wrong i think doctors like to see people healed I think doctors want to be, they've dedicated their whole life to seeing people healed. And they love it when they can say, this must have been a miracle. And I believe that. We have a lot of examples of that in our own congregation of miracles. Please pray for our dear friend Johnny who has cancer and he has suffers with uh, diabetic, diabetic problems with his feet and other things that are life-threatening, okay? I want you to look with me in chapter 6 of John. He said this, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles that he had done on them that were diseased, diseased, diseased. He had cured so many people just with the touch of his hand. People followed him around, and they wanted him to heal them. And they brought people to him to be healed. They called him the great physician. Jesus went up to a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now, I've been there, and their mountain is basically just a hill. And the mountains around there are hills. They're a lot like Oklahoma hills. In fact, Israel and Oklahoma are about the same latitude and the climate there is very similar and the landscape is very similar. And uh, what Israel reminds me of the Arbuckle Mountains. And I think that it's no accident that God placed Falls Creek in a place that looks like Israel. We have a cabin at Falls Creek and it's probably the oldest one on the property. There's about 200 and plus cabins there And, you know, we were so blessed. God gave us that cabin years ago. And we have taken a few fishes and loaves, and the Lord has multiplied that, and we have a nice cabin where we can take 50 kids and go to camp. This year, it was all canceled. First time ever in over 75 years. But guess what? It's coming back. The lord is not done revival is coming to the land god still does miracles he's going to defeat this virus he's going to use his people to do it he is going to give us the victory in soul winning like we've never seen and god can take a few fishes and loaves and feed a multitude the passover it says a feast of the jews was near That tells you about what time of year it was. Jesus then lifted up his eyes, and he saw that there was a great company of people that had surrounded him. He sat, he said, pardon me, unto Philip, Where shall we buy bread that they may eat? Now, how many know that Jesus is kind of a whole lot like your mama? Ask questions she already knows the answer to. Huh? This is how Jesus taught lessons. And he still does. And this he said to prove him. In other words, he was testing him. For he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered on him and said, Two hundred pennyworth. That's 200 days' wages. So multiply that times a day's wages today. That would tell you about how much money they needed to feed that many people one meal. That gives you a pretty practical application. So he says, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them. Every one of them that every one of them may take a little even if he had that much money it would just barely give each one a little bit that's how many people were there so two things expressed here how big is the cost and how many people are going to be fed all right one of his disciples andrew simon peter's brother simon peter's brother said unto him there is a lad here he has five barley loaves and two small fishes but what are they among so many five loaves and two fishes five loaves and two fishes jesus said make them all sit down now there was much grass in the place so the men sat down the number was about five thousand jesus took the loaves And when he had given them, given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples gave to them that were set down, likewise of the fishes as much as they would or as much as they wanted. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain that nothing is wasted. Therefore they gathered them together, and the fragments filled twelve baskets with the fragments of five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men which they had seen the miracle, that had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, this is true. This prophet has come into the world. A true prophet has come into the world. It is not wrong to call Jesus a prophet. He was a prophet. It is not wrong to call Jesus a rabbi. He was a rabbi. However, it didn't stop at that. He was also the only begotten son of God. And so God had not just sent another prophet. This time he had sent his only begotten son. This is a great miracle. It would have been phenomenal to see that, wouldn't it? You know, when I read that story, there's so many things we could talk about. How God makes provision, and he does, doesn't he? How God shows his handiwork. How God still works miracles. I like to look also at the way that the men reacted, his disciples reacted, Philip and Andrew, and how, you know, what they said. The things that they said revealed a lot to them, about them. For one thing, they said, well, there's just not near enough money to do what you want to do. How would you think about this for a minute? If you were allowed today to walk up to God himself and stand in front of him would you ever even think about saying God there's just not enough money to do what you want to do I mean we wouldn't say that would we I wouldn't if we got to meet God we would never say something like that and so it's very revealing about Sometimes these men forgot that Jesus was God. Sometimes they thought of him more as a person, as a man, as a prophet, as a human being, and they were forgetting who he really was. It's very revealing what they said. There's just not enough money to do what you want to do. Instead, what if we said to God, Lord, if you want to do it, and it's your plan to do it, You will provide for it, and I want in on it. How about that? I want in on it. How do you know? God said it. If God said it, He'll do it. If God promised it, He'll do it. God has not forgotten you. The provision of God is still at hand. It's still within reach. The healing, the miracle, the provision, all of the things that He's done for you over and over and over again throughout your life, don't forget who He is. He is God. He is Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God and God in the flesh. He's not just a prophet or a great teacher. He does not fall in the category of Gandhi or some great philosophers. Now, there's a lot of great philosophers and a lot of great men in the world. There's even been great evangelists like Billy Graham is my favorite of all time. I could name a long list of people that I have admiration for, but Jesus Christ does not fit in that category. He can do all things. Nothing is impossible with him. We've been through that similar situation right here since March. I always have somebody like Tamara who says, let's provide food for everybody in the county. And I go, <laughs> she she'll let me make fun of her a little bit. Let me tell you why. Because God said he wanted this church to find every senior citizen shut in, handicapped, they couldn't get out and get food. Let me tell you, there's some of these people that can barely get out of their chair and go to the door and get the plate of food. And he said this for this church to do that, and he He used her and several of y'all. If you've had anything to do with that feeding program, raise your hand real fast. You've given to it. You've helped with it. You've delivered food. Several of people in here and several that are not here today. It's Labor Day weekend. A lot of people gone on trips. Uh, Let me tell you something. This little church out of a little closet that fits under those stairs has fed almost 5,000 meals. Is that not amazing? That's God. And you might think, well, that's not quite the same because we had a little bit more than five loaves and two fishes. Yes, we did, but not when we started. Not when we started. In fact, there wasn't anything under those stairs when we started. And we did not have a fund set up to go buy all the food we needed to do such a thing. But what happened is you, we started doing it anyway. And so my flesh is one to say, oh, no, Tamara, please, no. My spirit immediately took over and said, absolutely, yes, let's do it. God will do this. How many know that when it's ordained by God, he will do it? And so people started giving and And people started, and still are, we're still doing this, not on such a grand scale, but how many each week? About 35 or 40 that really need it, that we still are doing this, is it two days a week or one day a week on Wednesday? So it's not quite, but the need is not quite as urgent as it was because some of these feeding programs have started back up. And so, at first, they had all stopped and didn't want to come in contact with people, and we took up the slack, and God did it. He did it. Jesus did it. He used our people in this room and the ones that are not here to do it, and the willingness of that little boy is reflected in exactly what the church people at Union Valley have been doing. And yeah, I'm going to brag on the church that does the will of Jesus. That doesn't make us perfect. But that little boy wasn't perfect either, and you're not either, and I'm not either, and God does not have that as a prerequisite to use you in this life to affect other people. Aren't you thankful that God doesn't wait for us to become perfect before he starts using us? And so, yes, they had some doubt, but it's natural doubt. You know, it's probably exactly something like I would say. We don't have near enough money to do that. God does god does what is it that he wants to do that's the key isn't it knowing what god wants to do so not only did they have enough they started passing it out and they just they reach in the basket and there would be more in there to take out can you imagine you've got this basket Fish and loaves. Reach in, you start getting it out, and it just keeps filling up right before your eyes. It keeps filling up. You know something similar has happened to Mike and Jan, David, Charla, uh, Tommy. That went, I think, my wife. Uh, they go into Mexico, and they had bought enough chicken. Now, did you all know that we have smugglers in our church? I am calling them out right now. Smuggling. Chicken across the border, sitting on them, pretending that they're seats or whatever. I mean you to think they had running drugs, the sweat. And they had enough chicken to feed a pretty good-sized crowd. From our church, right here at Union Valley. get across the border, and guess what? There's twice as many people that show up to eat. Guess what happened? Guess what happened? The chicken never ran out. They were able to feed down to the last person. Now that happened. You can write it in your Bible. That happened. That's God. He still does the same things He's always done. How many know if God wants to part the Red Sea, He still can? He can still change a heart from a heart of stone to a heart of flesh. He loves you. You might be so worried about finances. That's one of the biggest worries that we have in life, isn't it? All of us deal with that from time to time. God can help you with that. Do it His way, follow His will. So I like to read this story. It gives me faith because I know God, still in this day and age, is still performing this kind of miracle. He fed the multitude. You know, when Jesus fed the multitude, I believe He was showing the crowd that He is the bread of life. When He fed the multitude, I believe He was showing us that He will provide the eternal nourishment for our souls. We will live forever and eat the manna of heaven. Be with the Lord forever. He will provide the meat for our spiritual growth. He will provide the mainstay for our existence. In verse 35, He said, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. He that believeth on me shall never thirst. How can we hunger when we know the Lord has already met all our needs? We're talking spiritually now. How can we thirst for a peace in our soul? When we know the Lord has already given us the water of life, He told the lady, Drink of this water and you shall never thirst again. Jesus wanted His people to have a spiritual understanding instead of a human understanding. He wanted us to see with our spirit eyes instead of our human eyes. Yeah, there's a lot of times where your practical skills that God has given you come in handy in doing the work of the Lord, but to see the big picture, you've got to see through the eyes of Jesus. Even His closest followers had problems seeing that way. So don't be too hard on yourself, but step back. Look at the whole world. the global picture. It's not all about the United States. The Bible is not written about the United States. The Bible is written about Israel and the whole world. It's a big global picture God has, far bigger than our understanding. These two men, Philip and Andrew, They're like so many Christians today. We worry about the physical needs of our ministry instead of putting the spiritual needs first. How many know that if we have people saved, if we have people baptized, if we have revival in our homes, if we feed the hungry and help the needy, if we evangelize and send missionaries, if we do the things God told us to do, that He will provide the needs of this church because people will give. We may not have a lot to give, but we give that little boy gave all he had for lunch that day and he got back more in return we don't write checks so that god will give us bigger checks it's not that i don't adhere to that kind of preaching where they say if you'll give 10,000 you're going to get 100,000 look that's not up to me and that's false preaching What the Bible says is that widow that gave everything she had, that little boy that gave everything he had, all of those examples in the scripture of people sacrificially gave to the Lord, he took good care of them. We don't have to define that. I challenge us always to study the Bible. Pray more and more. Be willing to take a stand for your beliefs in a kind way. That's where I have to guard myself all the time. How can I say this and not sound mean? You know, because my flesh wants to say, that is so stupid, quit doing stupid things. My kids would think that was a bad word. When they were in kindergarten first grade, at our school the teachers were so good sunday school teachers i mean they really are and so one day one of my kids came home she got in trouble she was so upset what did you do i said the s word (laughs) what stupid How many know that we as Christians, we face a challenge right now like we've never faced before? How do you take a stand without making enemies? It's difficult, isn't it? Because things that maybe not, they might not seem to be so insulting when they come out of our mouths, but they're taken that way. I would say we have a challenge as a church to love more pray more do good for more people show people who we really are we are not the enemy we're the people that shares Jesus who will provide everything everyone needs if they'll follow him take a stand for the right and love like Jesus would. The Bible teaches me in this scripture that if we'll do that, even the leftovers will fill up baskets and baskets and baskets full. One of the things that the Lord taught me in this scripture a long time ago was do not waste what God has provided do not waste well that's a hard one for me you know I see a lot of things in the store that I want to and it's so easy to whip that card out and max it out then you gotta pay you gotta pay the piper huh eventually it's so easy to take that money And use it for something you really don't need. And everybody's got to do that on their own. I'm telling you right now, you don't want me coming to your house trying to make out your budget. you got to do that on your own through prayer. But remember this, everything God gives us is to be cherished and respected. That's why we pray at our meals. Maybe not, maybe maybe you'd sometimes forget. That's it's not a sin, but we do it because we thank God just the fact that we can eat. Just the fact that we've got a car to drive, a house to live in. We've got so much more. Look at what the world, look at this picture of the United States of America. There has never been a country that God has poured out blessings to the whole world from more than the United States of America. There has never been a country that has fed more hungry people around the world, that has sent more missionaries, that has given more uh, humanitarian aid. There has never been a country on the planet that has even come close to being the fishes and loaves for the world. Jesus did that through us and oftentimes we're hated why because the devil is the author of that hate when you see people burning buildings down and tearing people's stores up that they've worked their whole life for attacking their homes I never thought it would be like that in the in the United States I didn't live during the Civil War I know what happened back then and that was horrible, but it's happening again, and I'm telling you right now, it is the devil and his demons. We've got to stand against that by winning people to the Lord. I get excited when I see people on the streets of Portland and Seattle and Washington, D.C. setting up Uh, horse troughs and baptizing people and having revivals in the streets. There was a 102 or 3-year-old man, atheist all his life, got stirred up by these riots, went to church for the first time last week and got saved. Is that not great? God can do this. There is nothing too big for God. But we've got to be willing to let Him same thing applies to each one of our lives you got too tight a grip on it you got to let it go let god do it perhaps if you want to see more of god's miracles in your life get out there and be a part of his work more than you are right now you'll see more and more and more and more that's not a criticism it's just a spiritual principle that does exist and works And you might not be able to do everything you used to be able to do. You know, we get older, we can't do everything that we want to do. But we can pray, we can give, we can support, we can encourage, we can write cards and letters, we can show up, be the cheerleaders. I'm telling you what, it is no fun at all for a preacher that's trying to do something for the Lord to have no one show up. Thank you for showing up. How many know? I say that a lot. But I'm telling you. What you know in your heart. Transfer it to your mind. And let it flow through your fingers. And your life. And your actions. Open that channel up. Let it flow. Pray more. That's the key. Pray more, believe stronger. Plead out, cry out to God. He said, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves, turn from their wicked ways, and pray. I will hear and heal their land. We need healing, don't we?